This week on The Last King Podcast, we talk about the best Batman film that isn't The Dark Knight. It's Batman 89! Hey everybody, welcome once again. Can you guess who of us is excited to do this episode? Yes. <laughs> all of us, we love Batman Yeah, here. all of us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're all I, Batman fans here. I absolutely love that 1989 uh, nostalgia. How old were you? Minus three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, it's Eccentric Tom. Yep, there isn't a uh, young white boy. Be- yep, yep, this is Mr. Toffee here, and... The Knight. I am vengeance. I am a co-host of the Last King Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about Batman '89, bitches. Hell yeah! This is an episode long in the making. I long guess. in the making. Thirty years in the making since it's released back in 1989. So, when Teddy t- was was like, "I'm gonna absolutely make a podcast gonna- about this." What's a podcast? We'll find out in 20 years. <laughs> One day, time. the the po- this there's this thing that you're gonna talk into a thing, and it's gonna be on this thing that people are gonna hear from screens so radio no 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 no. it's gonna be on a phone how ah it's gonna be on a bat phone so ladies and gentlemen uh it's a long time coming and it's been a while since we did a proper retrospective and what better one than to celebrate the 30th anniversary of tim burton's batman literally called batman because it was the first one you could call it whatever the fuck you wanted the very first serious batman not like your campy stuff that you've seen we back have in the to mention the campy stuff though right well, yeah i mean well we gotta have to yeah. to set context yeah so uh yeah let's begin um so needless to say i have not seen the 66 batman what i've seen clips because it's I mean, extremely memeable <laughs> it's ex- yes sometimes you can't get rid of a bomb oh yes uh Batman 66 came out uh, for me myself uh, I was able to witness it on television in the form of reruns because that was a thing back uh, when I was a child yeah back in the day when you had like seven TV shows back in the day when we had seven channels oh yeah (laughs) hey 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 talk about TV shows I grew up with five as well like oh yeah you're from England yeah we didn't get uh, proper TV till I was 11 yeah okay and did it have color too uh (laughs) Kinda. It's like the weird English colors. It's, it, I, oh, oh yeah, yours is NTSC, not yeah, PAL or something, exactly. right? <laughs> or is it SACAM? Uh, man, I remember having a black and white TV. There I go, aging myself again. <laughs> but it's like, it was very young in my life. But yes, we did have the color TV. My TV had shutter doors. Wow. How cool is that? And a dial. <laughs> so you were the TV remotes? Each dial was a different channel. Actually, oh, no. Back had, in the day. You had a younger sibling, so they were the TV remotes. They were the TV remotes. You know what? When you had to play your Nintendo, you had to pull out the TV jack and stick in the Nintendo jack. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, glorious times before HDMI, boys and girls. Yeah. Oh, man. How about you, Mr. Toffee? Did you have a TV back in the cave? <laughs> back in the cave. Uh, well, yeah. They were actually showing reruns of this in this uh, old channel, uh, TV3, because... TV3, yeah, TV3, yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> For some wow, reason, they had what Batman, just 66, they had Batman 66 thing. showing for some reason on TV3 of all was places. Was it dubbed so. in Bahasa? Uh, no, it wasn't. Right. Yes, it was, actually. <laughs> and I it was glorious, it right dude. It was glorious. Oh, you are calling what, Klawang Man or something? No, yeah. right. no, 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 just Batman. And then... Uh, yeah, and I just started talking with the Bahasa Melayu accent and everything. How do they say holy moly Batman in Bahasa? Jahanam <laughs> nia Batman, uh, Batman or something. <laughs> something like that lah, along those lines, I forgot. But it was Chilaka pretty Batman. funny. <laughs> so, man, so yeah. 
nothing better than localized versions of shows that you know what it's, it's a different aesthetic I guess I mean if they localized anime of course they get localized old shit yeah I remember that I remember cheap, back right? on like back in the 80s watching like uh, Macross in Malay like, hmm. <laughs> or Doraemon in Malay <laughs> Doraemon <laughs> is actually better in Malay <laughs> Yes. I hate to admit it. The Japanese voices don't do justice. <laughs> yes. Especially the guy who does Giant's voice. That guy is yes. legend. <laughs> he is. Fuck me. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so let's anyway, get out of this uh, old man corner and back into Batman. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so anyway, mm. like to go back to Batman 66. I mean, back then, that was the only way people knew who Batman was from, the, from a mainstream perspective. It made him popular, but at the same time, it made him goofily popular. Yeah. For one of the downsides of becoming popular in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, um, it, it had its purpose, I guess, because, mm. I mean, they wanted to serialize Batman. I mean, he had been serial- serialized previously in the form of those, uh, like, before movies were played, they had these, like, you know, um, the stuff that would inspire, like, George Lucas and stuff is, like, those, like, before a movie serials. Oh, yeah, yeah, back yeah. Back in yeah. the yeah, black yeah. and white days. No, I mean, like, I mean, when we say it's the first Batman, actually, technically, there's been several other Batman, like, uh, Batmans before this. But, yeah, so they decided to bring him to TV. And then, when it comes to TV, there are certain restrictions that you're not allowed to, especially when you're going to be played during the daytime hour. Yeah, and in 66, where, did they still not allow you to be in the same bed, even if you were married at that point? I'm pretty sure. Cause when was I Love Lucy out? That oh, was, that was the right? black and white era, sir. Yeah. Think about it. They probably relaxed it by then. Well, uh, I wouldn't know, man. I mean, <laughs> you you're old, but you're not that old. I'm not that old, you know. I saw people kissing on TV. I saw titties on TV. What are you talking about? Oh I yeah, you grew up in the eighties, <laughs> yeah. man. I miss the eighties when you could see titties on TV. Now, like, I saw titties on TV as well. Oh yeah, but you know, your your, your relatives don't count. Anyway, uh, boys. So Batman sixty six. <laughs> so uh. There is a special place in my heart for this show because as much as people kind of shit on it for being a goofy and campy, like, you know, relic of its time, I mean, I was kind of the perfect age when this thing came out because uh, this was one of the few opportunities for, like, guys like me, kids like me, actually, to be able to see a live-action version of a comic book character. I mean, the only one I can think of right now is, like, maybe Spider-Man from Electric Company. You know, and then, like, you also have to understand here in Asia, like, the other alternative would be like those Sentai shows, which is like what you white people call Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. You know, that like one. we had Ultraman, which was a spin off from Godzilla. That retrospective is definitely on its way. And that was <laughs> not just one to? Ultraman. There was like uh. Taro, there were like Seven, and like a couple there of. There was others. Cobra 5, there was Kamen Rider, Master Rider yeah, yeah. Black, you know. Jesus or what they call many. him in Malaysia, Satria Baja Ace. Yeah, Baja, uh, <laughs> Satria Baja Hitam, yes. Yeah, boy! <laughs> So and like, then the space space cop Gaban also was also it was quite space a cop Gaban too. was awesome, but anyway yeah so Batman sixty six uh relic of its time and unfortunately I mean this is uh, setting up a premise for the movie that we're going to be discussing later on. It was definitely the moment where everybody knew who Batman was and mm-hmm. everybody didn't really know what Batman was all about yeah. because a key thing missing from the sixty six series was his origin story. Or like, just, oh, he's just an eccentric billionaire who likes to dress up like a bat. Oh, how cute! And he hangs out with his kids. And also have kid. like young boys as wards. Yeah, yeah. it's the sixties. Everything was fine in the sixties. You're an Englishman. Explain to me what a ward is. Uh, a ward is basically a young child that you look after because their parents are dead, and you want to kind of just raise them because when you're a billionaire, you need to kind of look like you're not a monster. And easiest way to do it is to raise a child, <laughs> or just give money to charity. 
yeah, but that's effort, you know. <laughs> like, with a child, you can ignore it. <laughs> so, like, here, here's the, me- the mechanisms of a billionaire, especially somebody like Bruce Wayne. Not only am I going to raise a child, I want to teach him to fight crime in nothing but tidy whities and fairy boots. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Nothing funny about I'm that. I'm going to wear all. the cool dark costume so I can hide in the shadows. What are you going to dress the kid up as in? Bright yellow and red. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna he's gonna be learn. Not- he's gonna learn today. <laughs> we're gonna be a stealth insertion. <laughs> there you go, decoy boy. What? I mean, Robin. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we do also have to kind of point out the fact that you know Adam West is truly the White Knight, and yeah. that you know it is a lasting legacy. That I mean, even Grant Morrison kind of considers that canon. So, I mean, yeah, for yeah. a lot of us, it is kind of canon and like uh, and it was sealed in the animated series no yeah <laughs> definitely and I mean they even decided to do the comic book run I think a couple of years ago Batman 66 oh right right which was yeah, pretty was... awesome you know oh yeah, yeah. wow a nice little throwback done in about 2010 2012 they even did an animated special right where they got yes, some of the surviving yeah, yeah. cast to okay actually that's the kind of cute that was kind of cute I really want to see this now this sounds adorable oh man you can definitely get it on DC Warner Home Video or but I definitely whatever. still remember. But I still remember around the '66, around the '70s time, they did actually put not just having animated shows, but also having team up with like what Scooby Doo and a couple of episodes. I've seen that episode. Those were awesome. I bro. have seen that episode of yes. Scooby Doo. Those were pretty funny because I was a <laughs> huge Scooby Doo fan when I was a child. And you also have to understand that there was also like and those campy '60s animated versions. I mean, you had Spider Man, which became very memeable quite recently. Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 clone meme is still. One of my favorites to this day. And of course, who can forget the Super Friends? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. All of his problems solved on the bat computer. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Then something weird happened because around this time, uh, the comics were still going. Mm -hmm. And it would take a couple more years for the Comic Code Authority, also known as the CCA, also known as the people who decided, like, Comics are not suitable for children. Huh? Basically, the 70s version of the Satanic Panic. Uh, 60s, 60s version. 60s, Sorry, 60s. 70s was D&D. Mm-hmm. The 70s was D&D. <laughs> and then 80s was uh, metal music. 90s was... What was it in the 90s? Video games. Video games. Violent video, video games. games. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Basically, old people suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the more of the story. Well, anyway. So, um... The thing is happening on, whereas when this was happening on TV and like people all over the world were kind of like, this is for a lot of people their first introduction to Batman, and unfortunately it was a, a little bit of a miscast in terms of uh, his character traits, personality, and his origin story. But comics, on the other hand, decided to uh, get a little bit uh, darker, darker, uh-huh. risque, more mature themes and everything. I mean, it was the, the height of sixties counterculture. So, like, wh- whenever, like, whatever the CCA was trying to do to prevent kids from uh, being influenced by the evils of comic books, right? Well, these kids would later go on to college and uh, discover, like, you know, hippie music, smoke pot, fuck, free love, yeah, and then, like. Well, comics needed to kind of go with the times. Yeah. So we also have to kind of uh, pay attention to uh, the likes of Neil Adams and uh, Danny O'Neill for kind of keeping Batman on track in his dark and grittiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, the comics did kind of tone down a lot of... Um, I mean, it's strange, but it's like when the Comic Code Authority ca- uh, came into power, their biggest complaint about Batman was the supposedly... Uh, homosexual, homosexual nature. of Yeah, 
like Batman and Robin because there are I mean you can definitely google it there are scenes where the both of them share a bed and it's kind of normal it's, it's the 60s in a, in a pre-Michael Jackson world that was normal <laughs> sure well, shit this thing was fine until the mid 90s apparently yeah I mean, that's when we finally started paying attention to sex predators well I wouldn't see and you. Michael Jackson's Neverland too we People oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so yeah, like, I mean, but remember the seventies Michael Jackson? Ooh, Jackson Five was the sh- was the shit. Oh, oh yeah, that was the shit. Yeah. So then um, we have to mention this. So uh, Superman was also gonna be a thing because that back was in 78, yeah. So that movie came out, and like you cannot talk about Batman eighty nine without talking about probably the most monumental of all comic book movies. Which has inspired everybody. I mean, yep. you ask Kevin Feige, you ask Christopher Nolan, you ask Jeff Johns, you ask anybody involved with like modern superhero storytelling in the motion picture. They realm. were kids when they were watching this. Yeah. And not only that, that's the Bible. You watch yeah. that. It's because when, when we complain about Marvel burnout and like retelling the origin story, yeah, Superman was the first origin story that did it properly. And if you were to look at basically the template about how much time they spent with Clark Kent before we even see Superman... It's like it's literally. If you, I mean, I want to try this, but if we put that side by side with something like Batman Begins, and you just see the beats it makes, it's like does Batman and Superman both arrive on screen at the same time? Because it's a good like probably thirty minutes before you see any proper superhero action. Yeah, well, the thing is, like back in the seventies, that was more like the norm because movies in the seventies and eighties were much slower paced. Actually, they took their time because uh, film was expensive. So yeah, you didn't so want too much of it on the cutting room floor. A lot of stepping shots, yeah. a lot of discussion to like nicely pad it out, and then you can like save all the budget for the big thing at the end. Definitely. Whereas nowadays, in our you know riddling at all the minds, we need like action immediately now. Mm. Yeah, the jump cuts are all getting misused and stuff. I kind of miss movies with pacing back in the day, which is why yeah. it's really easy to just watch something like Superman and Superman Two. With a right frame of mind and everything, just to appreciate how it tells story really well. If you want to see a modern superhero movie with a lot of pacing, hey, Endgame. It took yeah. its time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one took its time. That one really took its time. Yeah. And it still went by like the And a lot of homework. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it gave you time to catch up, you know. You could watch other exactly. movies as the movie was happening just to see <laughs> that, what's that going on. What did I miss again? So, yeah. anyway, so you have Batman 66, which kind of uh, miscast Batman. It's like the comic books, which was kind of giving Batman, you know, like uh, due diligence. They and were like, slowly pushing more towards the Batman and we retaining, know today. Like, uh, retaining his kind of uh, more noirish, more darker themes. I mean, not only did this part of this run for Batman in the eighties, they made Joker into what he is, but they also introduced Rachel Ghoul and a few other. Oh yeah, it was an invention by Danny O'Neill and another. Uh, oh, yeah. Rachel's seventies. Uh, yep, Neil Adams and Danny O'Neill invented Rachel Ghoul, which was nice. kind of cool. Which also gave yeah. us my favorite Batman villainess, uh, Talia Al Ghul. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the weirdest motivations for a villain. I want you to fuck me. Why? So we can start the end of the world. No. Kinda. Not really the end of the world. It's basically I want you to take over my dad's business. Which he has to die. You have to impregnate me because we need an heir. Yeah, because he can't keep coming back from the Lazarus pit. Of course, he gets crazier every time. But it also, I mean, this happened for a short brief of time. I did kind of enjoy Grant Morrison's take on it with Damian Wayne. Oh right, that was like when, much later. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. Talia Ghul was like, <laughs> literally like a ba- like a baby mama knocks on his door. <laughs> this is yours. You take care of it. <laughs> and she leaves. Damien like, Wayne is a damn good. It was a pretty good Robin, you know, yeah. by all accounts. No, he was, yeah, he was stuff. a pretty decent Robin. And I like the the juxtaposition of him and Dick Grayson. Oh, was it yes. Dick Grayson who had to it become Dick the Grayson, new? Yeah, who took brother. over as Batman? Which yeah. was like, 
this is an interesting what dynamic. What did Wen go on to become? He got killed off. Oh, I thought Which he... everybody was upset about. I thought he became evil. He was kind of evil, so uh, Daddy had to kind of you know put him over his knees and spank him proper. Okay. And then like Damien Wayne was basically he was raised by his mom, so his that explains that kind of evil that explains trick. everything. Yeah. And it's basically yeah. like so how do we stop crying? We kill everybody, and Batman's like no, why can't we kill anybody? Then he's like, I just love moments when he just sighs in frustration, like ah, you <laughs> can't kill people. <laughs> like this is dumb. It's like you know, you know, and it's like that is such a, a dead thing to do. Yep. You know, but also at the same time, cause I said so. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, but we also need to kind of talk about since we're on this comic streak. Uh, definitely one of the major inspirations. If you want to talk about Batman '89, you, you have to talk about these two in particular. You got to talk about well, firstly, The Dark Knight Returns. Absolutely. Written mm-hmm. by goddamn Frank Miller before he went psychopathic. Mm-hmm. And before he did the sequels, which kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like to pretend the sequels didn't really exist. But it has so. one of the best lines of all time. Why? Because I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. He's like, yep, okay, cool. sure. Okay, points for that. Points for points that. But for anyway, that. the Dark Knight itself, Dark yeah, Dark Knight Returns basically just showcases like an old Batman basically trying to go back into the business, especially in the changed Gotham, in the changed world, especially when it was kind of dictated by the government, which. They had Superman under his wing and all that, and yeah, I mean, it even was some also, villains uh, come popping up. Yeah. I mean, it was also a perfect paradigm for the vet fitness and the kind of econo- the economic disparity of the eighties. Oh, it's definitely yes, an eighties yes, yeah. story. I mean, it's like it, when you think about eighties, a lot of people think about neon pink, glitz, glamour, cocaine, and a whole lot of fun and a lot of excess. But then, if you were they to really look war, at the yeah. suburbs, like yeah, during the Reaganomics era. Oh yeah, a lot of people got fucked over. A lot of people got fucked over, a lot of people got fired, and there Mm -hmm. was definitely... It was basically a tale of two cities, America. Yeah, whilst all, like, the rich people got very rich, all the poor people lost their jobs to Mexico and got, uh, like, stuck on prescription medication. America's fun. Since then. Oh yeah, yeah. since then, yes. And and that's what I especially love about The Dark Knight Returns, because uh, aside from the new, like, noir themes and the very gothic ambiance, but... What I love is like I mean also uh, kind of uh, referring to Dickens himself it's like it is a tale of two cities I liked how it showed that the how we say the upper class or people in the upper echelon just the rich fox right are yeah. represented by these just dark shadowy towers that are that's beyond the reach of the people on mm. the ground and like thematically that would be very quintessential to like especially when it came to the Batman mythos like a lot of people always wonder like what's a, a very quintessential Batman thing it's just him standing on these towers but looking down on the people because he is the guardian yeah. who represents not only the gilded cage and the ivory tower but he is a man of the people so it's like <laughs> to a certain extent depends on who wrote it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it literally depends on the writers if you, if you get that right then you understand the Batman because otherwise it comes across as paternalistic and then like, oh that's not what that's you want that's Superman's problem because yeah. he has the god complex because he is literally from the god's eye view looking down on humanity and saying I am here to protect you whereas Batman is like uh, somebody's gonna get raped I better do something <laughs> <laughs> alright then but that that's literally what he does yeah. he goes yeah, on it's all about the mission basically it's all about what, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, and also um, one of the important themes that uh, arise from The Dark Knight Returns is definitely the themes of duality which Tim Burton would openly state is one of the main impetus and it's now the main thing people think about when you think about Batman when you think about Batman it's all about you know being pushed over the edge I mean as much as people say like uh, say The Punisher or even like Daredevil would be like, oh, I'm just one bad day away from you, right? 
And it's like, you're talking about a man, we're talking about a Batman who mm-hmm. literally walks on that razor's edge of like, anything, the moment he snaps and he turns into a, a, like a murdering psychopath, right? And he's been pushed to that limit several times. Yeah, he doesn't even have Catholic guilt to keep him in check. Nope, it's just billionaire guilt apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what is stopping him from killing people. Which is what makes him so human. Because yeah. the thing is that he is a man born of privilege, but yet he understands that privilege means nothing without purpose. Yeah. Which is like, you know, why well, he's one of the best superheroes of all time. And eh, probably have Spider-Man around there too. Yeah. Uh, but And of course, um, I mean, if you want to talk about The Dark Knight Rises, we're going to talk about basically one of the most nutso <laughs> Batman stories ever. And to me, quite, I mean, possibly hands down the best Batman comic ever. I mean, I would rank it personally like Dark Knight Rises, Killing Joke, and yeah. whatever else wants to be yeah. third, sure. <laughs> Killing Joke is another one which is like you have to read because that's what happens when Batman finally does, you know, stray over to the other end. Because yeah, we he had no em- choice. Yeah, we should emphasize read, don't watch yeah. <laughs> Batman the don't Killing Joke. Don't watch that piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> they to reiterate that to people. Squeezed out Why last year. did they s- do the first 20 minutes of that? That did not make any sense whatsoever because they need to give a motivation for wanting to avenge her spine being broken rather than just her being the, the daughter of his best friend or maybe having a very strong sense of justice because his parents were murdered yeah. which we've been I establishing more since than but no yeah. we have to see Oracle's titties ugh fuck you DC sometimes <laughs> fuck you DC anyway <laughs> the comic really groundbreaking at its time Bri- uh, Brian Bolin um, Alan Moore did a great job mm-hmm. doing the comic and everything also shows the dichotomy between like Joker and Batman as usual done in really really good style and everything yeah I mean like one of my favorite quotes from Tim Burton is basically the tale of Batman and the Joker is a story of two psychopaths representing different sides of the mirror like yeah. order and chaos other. basically yeah. yeah you know one is like militant in terms of justice in terms of maintaining law and order and the other one is just you know an agent Absolute of chaos, chaos. Yeah. yeah and then the thing is like you know I mean we also can like look right at you know the dark knight for one of the, the best lines what happens when an immovable object meets an unstoppable force hmm you know, and that, yep, it cemented like that relationship. And I would say this, right? Like, I mean, if you look at Superman, yeah. who's his greatest villain? Lex Luthor. What does he have? Brains. He is just a very smart piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How to not be tied to anything. Yeah, level tenth, so level eleventh intellect, or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. sure. And uh, who is Wonder Woman's uh, counterpart? Uh, Cheetah, I believe. Some rope. Cheetah, right? <laughs> Uh, the later ones, not like the early 70s, 80s, like the recent Cheetah reboot from um, which I kind of enjoyed. I think isn't so? Ares yeah. meant to be like her big bad? No, in no. the back in the day, I thought if I remember. I mean, like, they were doing the whole like mythology thing at one point because she was born of clay, apparently. Yeah. Because they don't want to explain how lesbians reproduce. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, it's an island full of women. So where did it come from? Uh, clay. Can we do spawning pits? No, right? Fine, clay. Uh, anyway, shortly. Uh, and why are they so into BDSM? <laughs> because the guy who created it was fucking weird. No, he had a very healthy and very fulfilling sex life. With both his wives. With both his wives, his mistress, yeah. and whatever. Yeah, really fascinating individual. He invented the stenograph. I'm sure he did, amongst other things. I mean, he invented a machine that... Uh, the light detector. Yeah. I know which was inspired head. by Wonder Woman's lasso, which she also created. I mean, sure, inspiration, we <laughs> wherever could, it comes. We from. could do like a multi-part series on him. 
We could, but it wouldn't be fun without visuals. No. <laughs> but if we can't do visuals, a podcast maybe... wouldn't do it justice, basically. Yeah. Otherwise, so, yeah. just watch the series uh, by Movie Bob. Like, does a pretty good job of explaining it. You know what I should do? I should do a series of sketches and drawings for the Please illustration. Don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> so, okay. We've laid the groundwork. Um, Batman sixty six can be fun, but everybody knows who Batman is. Then we have the comics, which like you know, especially with the commenting in the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Alan Moore's the Killing Joke is like you know what this is what we know of the Batman. If only somebody would make a movie that combined all these elements and do it properly. So we fast forward to one year after Superman came out. And a very lovely producer by the name of Michael Y. Uslan says, You know what? I'm going to purchase the film rights to Batman and I shall make the definitive dark series version. In 1979. In 19-fucking-79. Literally a year after Superman came out. You also have to understand, two years after Star Wars came out. So, he's pretty much the ultimate edgelord. Oh, yeah. He saw something fun and enjoyable, like... I want to see a gritty version of this. So you also have to understand, this is the common misconception that a lot of the youngins have. He's always been dark and gritty. I know. He wants to see the correct version of it. He was a pure nerd. He was keeping it accurate. He's like, yeah, Batman is not what you think he is. The 66 Batman, which everybody keeps talking about. He was a departure from the main. Oh, you should read the comic books. Comic books? (laughs) What are you, a nerd? Are you a child? (laughs) What are you doing? Comic books. This is the this is 1979. It's disco and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, here we have our uh, the, the. I mean, as much as we should give credit to Tim Burton for having the vision, we also need to kind of thank uh, Michael Euslan, especially uh, alongside other producers like John Peters, Peter Gruber, and Benjamin Mellinker. But they come out pushing much this movie, basically. Yeah, I mean, these guys like when these guys assemble and they say we need to make a Batman movie and we need to follow the Superman model because you you have to understand Superman was a huge hit. It was a cultural phenomenon. And I wonder how easy it was to buy the film rights back then. Uh, even Sh- he probably just like got one guy high. You have to understand, Siegel and Schuster didn't even own the rights to Superman at that point in time. The yeah, creators of the now, comic, yes, only much, only very recently after their deaths, is like yeah. other families, like other what, what do you call the estates, finally getting cash. Superman cash. Once again, fuck you, DC. Sometimes fuck you, DC. <laughs> That should be the underlying theme. Yeah. Hey, fuck you, DC. Dot, dot, dot. Sometimes. Hey, remember uh, The Dark Knight? Oh, that was amazing. Hey, remember BVS? Oh, fuck you, DC. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> hey, remember Aquaman? Hey, was, uh, do you remember Justice League? Oh, fuck you. DC? Sometimes. Every once in a while. Yeah, we kind of have this duality of DC now. Yeah. Think about it. DC yeah. is a perfect proposition for Batman. It's a duality of like pure class and absolute shite. <laughs> All under one roof, basically. Absolutely. Yes. Also like this podcast apparently. <laughs> oh for sure. <laughs> so um seventy-nine, these producers decide to spearhead this new Batman film. But what happens? So if you recall asking fans whenever we complain about executives meddling, right? Even back then, they didn't want to make a Batman movie because they thought Batman was silly. Yeah, because they would never read the comics. Because yeah, why would they? They still have the mentality of the TV show. Yeah. That's it's really the thing you buy heads. for your kids to apologize for sleeping with the, the babysitter <laughs> that one time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I think. Wow, you have a very uh, interesting version of the of, of the of the times I grew up in. 
I wasn't paying attention. I was reading comic books. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what's that big? What's that big pile of powder over there? Uh, you, don't worry about it. You'll understand when. Who's Monday. she? She's a friend of mine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, so um, yeah. So you saw that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we also need to point out that uh, these guys decided to pitch this uh, Batman idea to a bunch of studios, and uh, it's surprising how many of them turned it down. And yeah. like in this day and age, when like everybody wants a superhero movie. Like where you can't walk but trip over fucking comic book movies spilling out of... There's gonna be one... We just reviewed one last week. There's yeah. gonna be one in a couple of weeks. Sure. And I believe from the 80s up to like 88, 87, I think the biggest movies were what exactly? Like comedies with like cops, buddy cop movies, gritty, gritty cop detective movies, was it? stories, yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Star Wars. Gonna, you, I mean... You, I mean, Superman, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I mean, they ushered in that new era of like logical. All right, the Spielberg history. whimsical stuff. Yeah. Yep. That yeah. Yes. That was a thing, and you have to understand is like, how is Batman gonna compete with that? So, I mean, we have to give props uh, where props is due. Superman did set the precedent where like, oh, a comic book movie can be good, fun, and yeah. profitable. Yeah. But this Batman idea, I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna work. Yeah, there's too many questions. Like, he seems kind of gay with a little boy <laughs> with him. And I bet, like, I'll bet you, like, Uslan and Ko are like, damn it, read the comics, read the comics. Like, every single time, they're probably chanting it out loud. And then, like, yeah. thank God for the Dark Knight Returns because that comic made news. People were aware of it. I mean, it reached, hmm. like, like uh, publications like Time Magazine would be like, this is one of the best graphic novels ever. If Time in the 80s were talking about it, that's, along with that's the Watchmen, yeah, if you think along about the Watchmen, it. Yeah. Yes. How it's like we they were like recommending up? like oh comic books are really really adult and really really uh not as lame as you think and then yeah, like, not as kiddy as you would think yes yeah. yeah and then like there was this kind of a like especially the golden age of comics for me was definitely during the 80s when everything was fresh was new and it was just all these artists coming up with amazing ideas i mean you have to understand it's like me like i was like 11 when i read or was reading like uh alan moore stuff Huh. I was like 10 when I was reading like, you know, The Dark Knight Rises. It's like, Yeah, your parents really didn't check what you were buying, huh? No, they bought it for me. Oh. <laughs> it's like, you should wow. read this. This looks like the kind of thing you like. And it's like, <gasps> okay. oh my god, this is awesome. Thanks, parents. <laughs> the only time I managed that was when I convinced my mom to buy GTA uh, Vice City for me. You had your mom uh. buy it for you? Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm that young. <laughs> Oh, no, you can't buy this young Tom. They might have prostitutes. Oh, but mom, what else do you do with them? Yeah, uh, I think I think <laughs> rereading like Teen Titans around that time, I didn't realize how dark it was. Like, holy shit, too. Dude, I was that was also the same line, too. I was reading the Neil Adam comics and I was like, oh yeah. my god, Batman's a serious character. I feel like yeah. a grown-up reading this. Oh. <laughs> but then again, huh. So, uh, thank you, comics, for convincing studio executives. And guess what? Coincidentally, it was Warner Brothers who did produce Superman who'd be like, oh, you want to do a Batman movie? Sure, sure why be a not? great tie into this Superman thing that's making us money. And Stars Aligned, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the directorial yes. debut of this ex-Disney animator was a big hit. He's some moany golf kid from the UK came over. Some was he from the UK? I think he's yeah, I think he's British. I thought Tim Burton was American. Yeah, I thought it was American. Oh, he's American. Yeah. No, his no, wife. His wife's <laughs> his British. Wife. Yeah. Okay, but his aesthetic and his his gloominess is very British. Yeah. I would say he he's literally American Robert. Yeah, there you for go. For sure. Okay, so I can see that. Uh, so uh, big adventure for some reason, or made money, and then people like, huh, this this Tim Burton guy, he seems to be uh, more, 
pretty successful. Pretty, he's making us some money. Yeah. So they just they decided to reward him like, uh, make whatever you want. I have this idea for a movie it's about this guy who like if you say his name three times, he fucks up your life and he's dead. And then there's ghosts and then like you know we don't know writers in this house too. Yeah, we're imagine gonna... pitching Beetlejuice then. Yeah, and <laughs> the, you know the the guy from Mr. Mummy, yeah, he's gonna be the ghost. He's got great comedic range. We're gonna dress him up like a corpse. It's gonna be amazing. And then Beetlejuice happened. That was kind of a hit. People enjoyed it. You know, it it, it gave us that amazing uh, uh banana song. Uh, oh, and also <laughs> that established that Tim Burton aesthetic with the. What's yeah, with the really weird monster design with the stripes with the the very uh like you know cabinet of Caligari very German expressionistic style oh for sure yeah and it's like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna give this guy this Batman project because it I, might make some money I know what's it anyway he's cheap like we won't have to spend much sure. money sure hey kid we have this Batman movie you wanna direct it we tried to give it to Ivan Reitman, but he wanted Bill Murray to play Batman. What a jackass. <laughs> then we gave yeah. it to Joe Dante, but he was too busy. So. Making, like, gremlins, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that piece of shit. That's never going to make any money. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is, like, executives never change. I know, right? <laughs> they have no idea what they want. What are you doing? So this Tim Burton guy, I'm sure you all heard of him, man. Right, but you have to yeah. say, back then... This is before you yeah. got disappointed with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, back then, he was really in his prime. I mean, slowly going to his prime. Just no, this is him to... starting out. This is like yes. young starting and out, exciting and fresh. This is literally Batman's his third movie, and you know what he did after Batman. Fucking like Edward Scissorhands, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a hand. Doesn't that blow your mind? That yeah. like, oh, he's the one who gave Johnny Depp a career. Yeah, <laughs> and we know a writer who starred in Beetlejuice. Oh man, she blossomed perfectly. Oh, did she? Did. Oh yeah, and then you're watching Stranger Things and like, oh yeah, I used to have hots for her. Actually, I still I, do. I she's, still do. No, she's yeah, got she's that milkiness there. there. Yeah. She's got yeah. that ultimate milk, like that dangerous one that kind of smokes afterwards. <laughs> Sheesh. So, this guy is given the reins to this Batman p- picture. Nobody knows what to make of it. Uh, it passed through several directors' hands. Uh, script went under several rewrites. Uh, but basically you know, the all the hallmarks of a movie that's gonna be absolutely terrible because like production hell several rewrites passing through yeah. director I mean director. Yeah, the rights was bought in 79 this yeah. movie took <laughs> nearly point. a decade to get off the ground it finally found its director in Tim Burton now all they needed was a Batman so this Michael Keaton who was in Beetlejuice what do you think of him studios would be like no 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 we need a proper movie star like, what's Mel Gibson doing what's uh, Kevin Costner doing or Charlie Sheen or, or Tom, Tom Selleck. Selleck this Tom yeah. Selleck guy this Magnum P.I. guy he's a thing or oh even he Dennis still can't Quaid. get his moustache yeah. damn it we can't shave his moustache how about Harrison Ford uh, he's too busy being Jack Ryan not yet <laughs> not yet what he's are you doing in the 80s Indiana Jones oh yeah <laughs> and Star Wars and, uh, yeah, and Dennis Quaid <laughs> as well back so in the day that was finished by now it was definitely Indiana Jones 83 was yeah. Revenge of the Jedi Return of Jedi, yeah. And then this after is that, was, was fucking. He wasn't Jack Ryan until the 90s. Yeah, so he, still he was Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. And Star Wars. I completely forgot about Indiana Jones. Yeah, I feel on, so bad about he that. He was also in Blade Runner, this small movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this other <laughs> kind of movie we talked about back, back in one of the episodes. And yeah. it's like, nah, nah, nah. Tim Burton is like, nah, this is Michael Keaton. He, he, I, I work with him in Beetlejuice. He's a great Batman. Just look at him. Are you sure you don't want Dennis Quaid? <laughs> Are you sure you don't want Dennis Quaid? We can get Charlie Sheep. Are you sure? Like, he, he'll be, he's an absolutely safe bet. Definitely not up to his tits on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, then he was fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This it's was after, like uh, St. Elmo's Fire and all that stuff, this right? This is definitely, yeah, you know, this is definitely Breakfast Club era, Charlie Sheen. Yes. This is 
prior to Navy Seals before he kind of lost his mind. And this is prior to Two and a Half Men, which could afford the mountains of cocaine. Dude, this is even like pre-hot shots back in the day. This is pre-hot shots. Oh my god, think about it. You know, this is Charlie fucking Sheen. When he was sane. (laughs) This is good-looking, strapping Charlie Sheen. This is Young Guns Charlie Sheen, sir. Oh yeah, Young Guns, yes. (laughs) So, how about all those options? Nah, this is Michael Keaton. He's gonna be a Batman. Fine, he's cheap as well. And then guess what happened? Everybody lost their shit. Yeah. So, Bef- like, way I guess you back all remember before internet happened, you know, before you message the boards and all that. Outrage at Batfleck, or more recently, the um, Pat Pattinson, yeah, Patfleck, uh, Batman or something. Let me just refresh or, uh, your memory. Sparkle Batman. Let yeah. me refresh your memory again. What the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You is going to be the new Joker? Oh yes, what, that yeah. Guy. He's like just not a good actor. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. What the gay cowboy is gonna be the new Joker? This is bullshit, man. How dare you get an Oscar winner to be <laughs> a Joker? Oh, what? You're gonna get Mr. Mom to play Batman? Jeez, I'm gonna write a serious letter. This is before internet, boys. Yeah, so yes. before Twitter. Before had- message boards. This is vitriol- existed before the internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and yep. what were they called before we had the internet? Just like regular trolls. Uh, oh, nerd. Yeah, okay. They're called nerd. They're called fanboys. They're called nerd. Okay. So nerds were very upset because no way Michael Keaton could be Batman. Mr. Mom, I seriously contest this idea. It's like everybody was worried that, oh, casting Michael Keaton would make this like campy, goofy 66 Batman. Uh, yet to be proven wrong. Yeah. Maybe the Joker casting would be better. Let's see what happens there. So what were the options again? We got this guy, Brad Dourif. He was in Child's Play. He was the voice of the doll. Nope. Yeah. We got, we Tim, got Tim Curry. Curry. Like, he's already playing a clown. Shit. <laughs> Who are we going to get? We're going to get David fucking Bowie. We can't afford David Bowie. Yeah, he's too busy fasting himself. Eating nothing but heroin to <laughs> make his He's too busy having album. sex with Iman. Okay. Yes. He's too busy releasing Let's Dance, which was a, a juggernaut of a, of, a, of a song hit back in yep. the day. Okay, we got this guy, John Lithgow. He played a psychopath in uh, Raising Kane. Uh, he, 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 he's right for the part. Yeah, no. And you've got the pretty badass James Woods back in the day too. Yeah, okay. And guess who's knocking on the door right now? <laughs> we have Robin Williams. I want to be the Joker. It's going to be insane. Like, nah. Yeah, and then, like, we can't afford you now. We can't afford you now. Uh, don't worry. You're going to be an animated something and that's going to make you a yeah, lot of money. Just give it a few more years. Disney will come knocking on Just your door. keep trying yeah. to make that serious film. We really like Good Morning Vietnam. Stay the course, Mr. Williams. So, um, apparently somebody at the studio was like, I can get Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's like, oh, I have his number. He's a crazy guy. He was in The Shining. Yeah, like we we have the same uh, coke dealer. I'll go find him. Nah, well, I mean, but yeah, but it's like, so we're gonna get Jack Nicholson to play the Joker, and we're gonna have Michael Keaton go toe to toe with him in this uh, Batman movie. Uh, then we're gonna round up the class with like you know, um, you know, Billy D. Williams as mm-hmm. Harvey Dent. We're gonna have uh, Vicky Vale, originally by supposed to be Sean Young, but then later re- last minute replacement was Kim Basinger. Oh yeah, yeah. and then we uh, and also to play another bad guy is fucking Jack Palance. Mm-hmm. Whoa, everybody's favorite black hat cowboy. 
Ooh. And uh, yeah, let's make this movie. Uh, who's gonna do the music? Uh, well, John Williams did Superman. We can't afford him. Let's get this. Uh, he did Superman. He did Star Wars. Indiana Jones. Yeah, He's... basically, he is the guy who made the soundtrack to Hollywood. So yeah, we, gotta... we can't afford him. But we got his apprentice, Danny Elfman. What has he done? Uh, Pee Wee's Big Playhouse? Some weird English kid. Like, uh, he seems to be okay. Okay, he we get him. He was in Oingo Boingo back in the day, too. He was in Oingo Boingo, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah. You? And then... Okay. Uh, but just in case nobody likes his music, what do you do? Prince! Prince is going to give us some songs. We cool. got some money for Prince. We got yep. some money for Prince. He's going to write a song called Bad Dance. It's going to have the dumbest music video of all time and also the most amazing music video of all time. Speaking of duality, hey, exactly. Like duality is a real. Have you seen the video for Bad Dance? I've seen clips. It's pretty. It's bad. all I need to see. He's both the Joker and Batman, and yes. he's Prince. Of course, it's Prince. Like what? I don't expect nothing else. He's already got the purple suit. Oh yeah, and the leotards. So we're gonna put all this together, and we're gonna make a Batman movie. And they have to understand is like back in the eighties with eighties money and like with eighties sensibility, and the fact that Superman was a hit and Star Wars was a hit. And if you were to present this to any boardroom meeting, you'd the ha- faces they made, I guess, when yeah, they pitched it would have to be, you'd have to make this pitch on a Friday when they're in a good mood. <laughs> when they're about yeah. to leave for golf, sure, whatever, make it, here, sign. Yeah, when like, <laughs> a, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Give it to yeah, my secretary. Superhero movie, yeah, sure, why not? So, like, <laughs> this is the kind of, uh, you know, trust they had with uh, this uh, production team. Oh, you're going to do this? you got to, uh, okay, here's $30 million. That's all you have. Which in today's money is about ninety million. Well, back then. Yeah, I mean, like Superman was like twice that in seventy-seven money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, I mean, you have to think about it. It's like, and Batman doesn't have to fly; he can swing. That's true, and it's all in Gotham, where if you paint, if you make it always nighttime, you can do it all in a lot. You, you save on lighting. Do, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to do any outside shoots. It was still a modest budget for something as oh yeah, yeah. as bad Even in that time. That's still quite a small budget. How else can we save money? He can't quite turn his head. Fine. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll something work, we have to we'll bring work up. with it. Basically. We'll, we'll work with it. We'll bring we'll bring that up later. It's a style. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, how much is Danielson asking for? Six million. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's getting it real cheap, sir. Yeah, it's like kind of cheap. Like, oh, and he wants residuals. I'm not gonna make any money. Fine, he, fuck it. Not only does he want residuals, he wants profit sharing. Profit sharing? <clears throat> Nobody's gonna watch this Batman movie. Yeah, it's like I know it's unprecedented, but like, you know, no, this man. Who's gonna, who's watch, gonna this watch this Batman movie, dude? Superman some, some three nerds. just came out. Everybody hates superhero movies now. There's only two, exactly. Back then, think about it. Oh yeah, you know, and then, like, then, nineteen eighty nine, this motherfucking thing drops, <laughs> and like when you talk about hype, when you talk about how groundbreaking, how earth shattering, how game changing, how pop culture influencing anything was, Batman back in eighty nine, and as an elder gentleman who was alive and witnessed it, yeah, and I could remember like back in the day when. If you want to see movie showtimes, you had to use a newspaper. Remember that, kids? What's a newspaper, yes, friend? Yes. So a newspaper is this piece of paper that you fold and you <laughs> put under the bottom of your birdcage. Oh, okay. But and before you, you had to read it. For your for your English people, that's where you put your fish chips in, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I remember uh, uh, seeing in the newspaper, like, oh, this Batman movie looks cool. Uh, there's a trailer on TV right now. It looks kind of interesting. And the first thing I noticed on opening weekend was on the newspaper, single page. It, it bought the entire they page. They bought a single page. They bought the entire page. It was just the Batman logo and the and the box of it at the bottom. 
and it was like $50 million first weekend. That is I remember a that. bold <laughs> choice. I remember like that was their marketing. And then I was like, I remember cutting it out because this logo yeah. looks cool. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm you gonna don't even pay attention like the money behind it. Like, I, don't, I, I, didn't, I cut across the money. <laughs> I just wanted that because the logo is the largest it could be. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's the size of the newspaper. So I remember like cutting out the entire page just to get the logo so I could paste it on my art folder. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so it's like, nerd. look at the size. Of- what do you mean, nerd? I was 10. <laughs> Still. Hey, it's, not, it's not like he had money to buy posters back in the day, exactly. too, right? Exactly. Yeah. There wasn't shop. You gotta improvise. <laughs> I had to improvise. What are you gonna do? Draw with crayon? Sir. <laughs> anyway. So it's like, oh, 50 million. That seems like a lot of money. I remember like my parents looking at it and I was like, 50 million? Wow, you could, wow. you could end wars with that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially like, here in Southeast Asia, you could buy a castle with that kind of money. So it's like, hey, uh, so that was like basically, want to go see this Batman movie? Sure. And I think, I mean, we all need to share this experience. I don't uh-huh. know for you, Tom, because you saw it quite recently. But me and John definitely is like. You got? Did you see it in cinema, John? I only saw it like a few months after because again, Malaysia's late. But what is we gonna do? How old saw it my parents out? and. Okay, this was 89. I think I was still in... Pri- no, not primary school. I was still six in... Six or five? Yeah, yeah. Definitely around six or five. He was definitely then. around six or five. I was okay. 10 years old. I was... uh, You know, my pubes were starting to come out. My boy- voice was getting a little bit husky. At 10? Wow. I'm yeah. an early bloomer, sir. Very early bloomer. Jesus Christ. Growth spurt was around 13. I started masturbating at 12. Huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, speaking of... <laughs> Thank you for that revelation. Speaking of self-regulations. So... I went to the cinema, and I think the same with a lot of you elder gentlemen out there who remembered watching this in the cinema. You saw the advertisements, you saw the commercials, you saw the hype, you saw the giant billboard outside your town. You walked in, and when it started, it that was... music, that panning shot around the logo, just masterful. Fucking masterful. The mood, the atmosphere, the setting, and then like, if you had a great sound system, like not one of those shitty stereo cinemas, like ones with proper surround sound. Yep. Like THX just started. Like when you had the surround oh. back in the eighties, you know, especially in those. Sorry, just let let me enjoy that for a second. Okay, continue. And like, just the the magic, the spectacle, mm. just everything in that opening shot. And then how it just kept going and it was... And the the reveal of the character and the reveal of the Joker and the way everything was brilliantly shot, paced, composed, acted, performed, set up. The really weird moments, but we're gonna like look over those. Yep. And as a child, as a, as a, as a 10-year-old boy watching a live-action superhero adapt- ad- like adaptation, right? My only frame of reference was like Superman. Yeah. And then, and it's probably that inner heavy metal goth kid in me that was about to emerge. Something is going to be awakened in you. When I saw this movie, it was a fucking religious experience, boys. It was like, literally like, this is my shit. From now on, I'm all about this. What is this that I'm witnessing? I need to understand this because everything that I'm looking at is how I'm feeling right now. You kind of like the principle in community. I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. Oh, well. Yeah, it yeah. definitely did. I mean, I was a Batman fan, but after Batman 89, I was a Batman fan. Fuck me. And, like, and the thing is, the next day at school, you ask the kids who watched it, did you watch it? Did you watch it? And everybody was like, that was the coolest shit ever, yo. Fuck me. But, no, wait, we didn't say fuck me. But now, actually, Gee we whiz, golly. No, that we're not from cool. the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> 
But we did say, fucking awesome, right? Yeah, shit, fuck. Yeah, we're 80s kids. We all uh-huh. curse. Didn't you see the Goonies? We 80s kids curse all the time. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Shit, now I'm damn pissed, fuck. Ah. And I was like, and I watched it uh, to my recollection. I remember watching this in the cinemas about 12, 13 bucks. Jesus Christ. Because tickets back then was two bucks. Fair. Yeah. This movie made a hundred million dollars in food. And you made, you contributed at least twenty dollars to that. Do the math. How many people watched this movie? How many times? This movie opened to about two thousand cinemas only in the United States. That, yeah. It made four hundred million dollars internationally. Yeah. That's adjusted for inflation, billion dollars. I mean, like, if you think about it right now, like, when people compl- like say, like, oh, the Marvel movies made a billion dollars. Yeah, divided by 20. Yeah. Each ticket is, like, you know, fucking, like, you know, ridiculous. Back then... It's like, what, 10 $15 for just a regular rate? Sure. Or if you want to watch an IMAX, it's, like, $25. $22. Uh, there you go. Back then, oh, you want to watch a movie? Yeah, $2. Yeah, why not? Enjoy. Sit anywhere. Oh, God. The golden era. And mm-hmm. it's, like... And I, I literally remember, like, uh, mom gave me money for school. I didn't eat lunch. This is my Batman money. I'm going to watch it again. And I, wa- I watched that movie in the cinema so many times, I could memorize lines. <laughs> <laughs> that is so adorable. That was my thing. And it was like, every Friday is like, right after I'm done with, uh, I was in gymnastics class. Don't giggle. <laughs> so was Batman, okay? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go on, go on. And it was like, what are you going to do? I'm going to watch Batman again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it's like... And that was the first time for me when I felt like this movie gets better every time I watch it because the more you pay attention, the more you realize things that's happening in the background. Yeah. And yeah. this also kind of awakened the, that film nerd in me is like, hey, did you know in the background when this is happening, like the phone booth says this or like there's a, there's a mistake here or maybe the cups change places? So that's when you're thinking, well, I like how this movie is made. I might like to make a movie someday. Yeah. And I'm like looking at it and it's like, oh, Okay, I didn't notice that there then. And it's like... This was... I think for a lot of people. Especially of my generation. Absolutely. Like, yep. Modern super mu- superhero movies. This is ground zero. We give props to Superman for basically being the... Bl- the, the Starting template. the ball rolling. To yep. start the mainstream uh, acceptance of superhero films. I guess. This Batman, this Batman, Batman itself started... Uh, Another type of revolution, the, the basically dark, revolution. what we think of as superhero movies now, we can trace back to eighty nine. We can trace it. Sure. I mean, we can trace it all the way back to even Superman seventy eight. Yeah. I mean, Superman seventy eight was the template for how to do an origin story. Yep. Uh, Batman was also probably the template for how important a good villain was. Yes, because and also uh, getting your tone right, especially when you're basing it on the oh, best yeah. Batman during the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and to speak a little bit more about the villain. Jack Nicholson was probably a pain in the ass to film around. And this is a man who demanded to fly back to LA whenever the Lakers played. From Pinewood Studios. Yes, this was the thing. That's this, a, was, this actually happened. That's yeah. an 11 hour flight one way. Want to hear something interesting? Yeah. Tim Burton absolutely loved him. So, yeah. Because he's the kind of actor, like, you have to understand, this guy used to work, he, he worked under Stanley Kubrick. I'm he sure he nails a, his taste. I'm sure he's a consumer professional. When he's like filming, otherwise. But then again, it's eighties Jack Nicholson, sir. Mm-hmm. Like height of all heights. God damn, you know. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's like... really hard to get a guy like him to be on your side yeah. as an actor. So. And he is amazing as a Joker. <laughs> yes, he is. Truly, yeah, he was. Truly, 
third best Joker. It would take a while until Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger would finally usurp him. To like usurp well, him, no, yes. Not no, while in terms of like Mark Hamill, that took three years. I mean, it took three years, but yeah. it, like, it, I mean, Mark Hamill would usurp him. He, we didn't think that a TV Joker was great because the season hadn't completed and we yeah. didn't see the full thing, but. Like yeah, eventually we would consider Mark Hamill superior to Jack Nicholson for sure. After a few seasons later, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it took a while be- until like, maybe season two. Like this, Mark Hamill was amazing. What he was Luke Skywalker? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. Oh, what happened to Luke Skywalker? He's the Joker in the, the cartoon, huh? And then like you know what? I mean, f- definitely for Tom's generation, is like yeah, Heath Ledger, huh? That's yours. Oh yeah, that was that's yours. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Because I didn't see the movie until after like, we found out he died. That's like the first celebrity death I remember reading about online. And yeah, I I don't think I even watched it in cinema. I watched it when it came to DVD release and I was like, You didn't watch Dark Knight in the cinema? Or I might have done. I didn't see Batman Begins in cinema. I might have seen Dark Knight in cinema. I can't remember who I would have watched it with, but... Wow. Just Wow. That's a fucking performance. Yeah, yeah it was. It I was. mean, like, yeah, it took that to top Jack Nicholson. Yeah, but before that, I did see, I saw the, like, most of Batman 89 when I was, I think, 12, 13? 14. I caught it on TV one time. I just, like, happened upon it. And it happened, I mean, but no effect on you at that point then? Uh, no. I mean, I watched the rest of it, which, like, you know, for a 14-year-old, where it's, like, you know, I've, I've not really, like, developed my ability to watch good movies at that point yet. I was still yeah. able to catch my interest. How about you, John? What was I your think, first experience? I think it was, like, a few years later because, remember, I don't think I was that old enough to be in the cinema at the time. So mm. I think I saw a rerun of it, like, because they were showing matinees and stuff, like, years later or so. Some re-showing of Batman just to coincide with uh, Batman Returns around 92, yeah, right? They used to do called. that. I miss so, that. I, I miss like when a sequel came out, they would show the, the first movie in the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, did, oh, yeah. they did that. They did that for around the, my time around 91, 92, like that. And seeing it in cinema, because again, I only watched Batman on VHS for the first time. VHS, and, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's then, aging each other here. And then here, and then seeing it in cinema for the first time with the THX stuff going on, the audio all calibrated all right with fans watching it, it's like, yeah, I appreciate this film for what it is. It was really good. And then after that, they showed off uh, Batman Returns. It was like a huge contrast in a way. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a fun movie to watch, mm. but it's not as over the top. I mean, it's too over the top for me la, for Batman Returns. Really? After watching it again and again. I kinda, Compared I'm, to for the first Batman. Because that first Batman felt grounded, if that makes sense. for uh, I understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, like, c- the, it's like Batman Returns, Penguin did the things he did a lot of Catwoman because... They could because they wanted to make it gritty. They wanted to target. In fact, Tim Burton did not know what the hell he wanted, to be honest. I mean, you see it, right? You could tell this was a man who was contractually obliged to come back with a bigger budget, but his heart wasn't really in it. Yeah, I think this is a one off thing for him because, I mean, as I mentioned earlier before, he wasn't a fan of comic books. The only one he liked was Ellen Moore's killing joke. Yeah. And that's because it was, you know, it's beyond what a comic book should be. Uh, And he would go on to do better things (laughs) if you think about it. You know, he would later become the genius we all know as Tim Burton. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, let's not go too much into Batman Returns. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, mind yeah. touching it a little bit. I mean, for me, I'm one of the guys who kind of, uh, I, I'm not apologizing for Batman Returns, but it has its place. Yeah, it yeah, has yeah. its place. Uh, I, I did watch both, both movies recently. I actually bought both of them on um, iTunes. Which one do you regret less? 
I regret <laughs> Batman less because I think this is something I will watch maybe in the future every now and then. Or if I have Broglets in the future, I will say, like, this is what movies used to be like, huh? Like, please pay attention. Like, you use your eyes to watch movies? Oh, damn, you're so lame. Don't plug it straight into, like, the neural interface in our head. <laughs> and uh, I'll very briefly say about Batman Returns, what's the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It was bonkers to begin with, but I think what really like sealed it as insane is when DeVito, for no reason, bites a man's nose. Not for punctuation, sir. Just <laughs> he wanted to close the scene in a very good way. I mean, bravo, Danny DeVito, you are amazing. You're a violent motherfucker. But <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna talk about Batman Returns, remember that scene where Catwoman flipped over nine times just to leave a scene, just to say <laughs> meow for yeah. the, sh- the thing to explode behind her, and like why? Sure. Because Yeah, if you're yeah. talking style over substance, yeah, Batman Returns did and that then very well. You use echolocation to send penguins out. <laughs> because so, that's a thing, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, because penguins obviously have like sonar location. Man, I mean we should be talking about the first Batman. We're gonna talk about Batman Returns. Okay, I wanna tell you one thing. One thing in defense of Batman Returns. Okay. It has the most goddamn Batman moment of all time. Which is when he holds a uh, fucking what was Christopher Walken's character called? Frost. Uh Max Shrek, right? Oh uh, Shrek, Shrek my yeah. He holds him by the he holds him by the neck and it, like he's like pleading with him. Oh no no no! And then like when fucking Michael Keaton drops the line, "Shut up, you're going to jail." That was it's great. A goddamn Batman woman right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "Yep, that's what Batman would say," and that's exactly how he would say Not it. Not the part where he'd stick a ticking time bomb to a thug's chest like throw him over like the edge. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He smiles that was pretty well, good. If I remember, yeah. <laughs> especially like the face, like, <laughs> you know, what's my favorite part. Yeah, he, when his cape turned into a, a hang glider. Oh yeah, that was awesome. It you was admit. awesomely corny because he's like standing there for a few seconds and everyone's just like watching him. Or uh, when the supermodel gets like attacked by batting, just like watches for five seconds, like no, please don't fall off. Like, you had time, man. Why would they do that in Spider-Man? Well, uh, uh, Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man? Sam Raimi one. Yeah, that's also the not- first rec- rescue scene. That's also not as great as uh, people remember it to be. Superman 2 is still better. Yeah. yeah. So, Batman 89, boys. Um, yeah. Um, this is still a great movie. Story is weird. and it's a bit all over the place. I and agree. It's, it's, it's definitely showing its age in some of the effects. Yeah, it's the Joker fall, right? The Joker fall, uh, like uh, the animation of like the Bat Batmobile armor is a bit like, oh yeah, you could see... Uh, See yeah, that. that's more but like a nitpick, so cool. to be honest. Oh, it's yeah. still cool, but it's still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's still cool in a kind of retro way. And um, I'm sorry, but it's very hard to take Batman seriously when he has to look around by like moving his entire body because he when can't you find out neck. about that whole uh, stiff neck thing, you know, yeah, later because on. the call is literally like you know like latex to the rest yeah. of the. And cape. the way he fights people is by like ducking and like punching straight outwards. He's still a better fighter than fucking Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Christian Bale, for insisting on doing your own stunts. Let a guy who knows what he's doing do it for you. Like, like how bad Ben Affleck did it. Yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman fights like the video game Batman. That's oh, yeah. like exactly what That's he should look like. That's yeah, the only yep. redeeming feature of Batman v Superman. That fight in the warehouse. <sighs> okay, I think part of... I mean, definitely the magic of Batman 89 was definitely its two lead characters. Uh, of course, yeah. Batman and Joker. Michael Keaton proved everybody wrong that oh, he for sure. is oh, the for guy fuck, who yeah. can play the straight 
face Bruce Wayne and of course the stoic Avenger Batman. You also have to remember though, there was that moment when he faces off against uh, Joker in Vicky Vale's apartment. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you wanna go nuts? Let's, Let's go nuts. nuts. <laughs> it's yeah. like, huh. And then I, I, I love Joker's expression as he looked at his guy. He's like, what is the deal with this asshole? Yeah. <laughs> and he shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a very uh, Razor Lost Ark moment. It's like, ah, no, I'm not gonna deal with you right now. I mean, but I mean, speaking of one of my favorite moments of all time is literally the moment where uh, before he was Joker when he was uh, not Joe Chill, he was Jack uh, Napier. Jack Napier. And like I remember, like uh, seeing this in the cinema, and like when I was when I was rewatching it over and over again, I would uh, say the line along with Jack Nicholson, like during the the fight in the chemical plant where he turns around and sees Batman for the first time, and his reaction was Jesus Christ. Jack Nicholson has such an expression of face. (laughs) It's like he literally is like, "What the fuck is this coming at me?" (laughs) And it's just for an instant before he goes like, "Oh wait, no, I have a gun." He does not. I'm gonna kill him. Oh, uh, he's also bulletproof. Yeah. Nobody taught us that, right? I mean, of course. uh, I mean, a lot of quotable moments here, and the most quotable of all: "Who are you?" I'm Batman. Oh man, <laughs> the way he delivers Brilliant. it. <laughs> but I love, I love the meme version which someone posted, where it's like, "Who are you? I'm Bruce Wayne." He just drops him. <laughs> or that one Joker line: "Have you ever danced with the devil on the pale moonlight?" Mm. Which, if you twice, think about it, yeah. makes no goddamn sense. But it just sounds cool, cool when he said cool it. Line. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yes, 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 I have. Yeah. That would be the best response. Yes, yes, I have danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. Oh, I'm sorry then. I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you alone. I mean, like, I mean, this movie does have its complaints because uh, as much as it tries to stay true to the gritty and dark nature of the comic books, yeah, it kind of messed with the canon a little bit because we all know yeah. if you read the books, it wasn't the Joker, it was Joe Chill. But they did want to kind of uh, solidify the relationship between these two characters. I mean, it was a choice and it was before you had millions of angry fanboys able to tweet you to oblivion for every minor change you make because this is sacred it must be exactly as how i read it uh, twitter didn't exist yet so sure yeah, yeah. this of, was a, this was a time when yeah all these kind of none of this could exist so like just if you're pissed off you have to write to someone about it like, if you're pissed off you have to wait until the movie came out then complain exactly yeah. you couldn't complain about it during pre-production or during like those I do miss the good old days footage scenes yeah you couldn't make five different petitions I just <laughs> a casting <laughs> rumor <Yeah>. seriously <laughs> fuck you anyone who signed that petition I hope your life is miserable and you die soon oh uh, man my life has been ruined by several petitions yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway so the merchandising we gotta talk about that huh are we Oh, we have to because this movie made a gajillion dollars, sir. I mean, oh, yeah. in terms yeah. of merchandising, not like, just for ticket sales, but obviously toys. Like, and no, I mean, lots of toys. if you remember back in the day, how many assholes do you know were walking around with that Batman T-shirt? It's still popular now. It's still th- <laughs> like that. That logo, the logo everybody says looks like a pair of gold teeth. Yeah, it's like that's still a thing. Yes, nobody's it is. wearing the Nolan like shuriken version Batman logo. Maybe one or two assholes. But mostly the one with the Are You Serious uh, Joker mouth painted on yeah. it. But that Batman logo is... That's the black and the gold. That's the, the mm-hmm. most iconic one. Yeah. And I also like the fact that he incorporated the, the comic book. Uh, like, why does he wear like the, the yellow emblem? So that criminals shoot that first. Yeah. 
which made a lot of sense. Like aim for the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna shoot this. Aim, aim for, for the, the chin. Aim part. for the chin. <laughs> aim for the chin. Aim for aim for the teeth. No, I'm gonna shoot that logo that's bright yellow on top of all this black because that's the only thing I can see in the dark. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. make a lot of sense. It does. So it does. I mean, we should do a quick review of the movie. Uh, oh, yeah, we all agree that it's uh, it's phenomenal. Yes, it's phenomenal. Yeah, solid. Uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, it's a solid. 7 out of 10 for me too yeah, oh wow yeah. we it's agree a game on the for once it's one of my favorite movies of all time it's a 7 out yeah. of 10 wow <laughs> it ain't the godfather I'm sorry but yeah. it's still like you know it's right up there with the warriors in like my top 7s of all time yeah okay if you all want to complain but yeah. you know like, yeah. yeah go sign a petition to cancel Shafik if you're yeah, sure. so much whatever you know like so what are you saying Alita Bell Angel is better yeah yeah it's much better <laughs> it's much better is Alita Bellinger one of my favorite movies of all time? No. Batman is. Yeah. I watched this 13 times. That's a great thing. As like, a kid. Great thing yes. about making your own review schools, folks. And this it was in cinemas, right? You. you saw it 13 times in cinemas. Dude, this is the laser disc that broke broke my laser disc player. <laughs> wow. When I got it on laser disc and I could hear the score in glorious like home theater sound and I was like, uh, I gotta watch this again. And yeah, this I haven't heard that for a while, laser disc. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I even bought the DVD when it came out and unfortunately Warner Bros. was pretty shy when it came to the special editions where they only released a single disc with probably a trailer or two. <laughs> and I, I just yeah. remember being very disappointed with the quality of the DVD when it came out. I was like, why aren't the colors as rich as I remember? And why is the sound yeah. so soft when they're talking? Yeah, I mean, Because it wasn't like the anniversary the edition or whatever. The digital version I bought was very solid and it comes with the director's commentary. Oh, Tim Burton talking? Yeah. How nuts is that, right? Did you yeah. hear all of it? Uh, no, I, I. Sometime when I have some free time, I'll uh, give it a listen. It's amazing the insights he gives, uh, but also, uh, wow, uh, guys, the influence, the impact, and yeah. if you were to like, I mean, it's very safe to say, watch any DC movie, even I mean, as much as people will say like, oh, we're gonna make it dark and gritty like the Nolan movies, Nolan watched Batman for he, sure. He definitely watched Tim Burton's version. Is like. How the fuck do I top that? Oh wait, I'm Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Of course I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, got this. I wrote Memento. <laughs> if uh, the original Superman is the grandfather of all superhero movies, this is definitely the, the father. father. Yeah, the dad. Like, yeah. The Genghis Khan that spawned thousands of sons from the various concubines. Yeah. I mean, like this would later inspire everything. I mean, like literally oh, every superhero movie right now. Yeah. I mean. Like you want to say like within like the early 90s to late 90s it's like why there was the X-Men not wearing their costumes why are they wearing black leather because of this Batman yeah you know like oh why did Blade make so much money because he's kind of like a black Batman yeah and there's yeah, yeah. technically the bats except with a leather movie. coat and a sword yeah you know what I mean much. and if you think about mo- uh, superhero movies that failed it's like it wasn't enough like Batman and unlike, or it was too bright to be Batman as well. Everybody had to try to be Batman. Like, X-Men, why is it so popular? Batman. I mean, the only uh, technical superhero that would be of any merit would be Spider-Man. Sam yeah, Mimis, right? and even then, I had a lot of things to treat you to Batman. Yep, yeah, and, like the, and the, the original Dark Origin Superman. story, the duality yeah. of man, the, you know, charismatic anti-villain. Yeah, and... That took forever for me to say. <laughs> Villain, villain, yes. Villain, that's the word, yeah. The the framework was set and it's like, we have to pay homage and pay respect. It's been 30 years since this movie came out and this was literally one of those things where like, stars had to align because the right elements fell into the right place at the right time. Yeah. And if you think, right, if you were to try to make a Batman movie with those elements in this day and age, right, the budget's gonna kill you. Getting the right actor is gonna kill you. Yeah, because literally nothing will please the hordes of virgins out there with nothing better to do. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you have people among people with internet, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, just chiming in yeah, during the movie's right production. Now, yes, Robert Pattinson is going to be the best version of Batman. You think so? I think yes. we said that like about three, four times. So yeah. What yeah. did you say about Jared Leto's one? Oh, you didn't say it. What, what were your thoughts? That was for Joker, though. Uh, yeah. that, as that Joker? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck him, right? yeah that was before I came no, to this podcast. No. Yeah, fuck Suicide Squad. Sorry. <laughs> there you Academy go. Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Joaquin Phoenix is going to be the best version of Joker. For sure. I hope so, too. I hope so. I yeah. I think he will. He'll be the I most interesting so. He's a great actor, so you can't really fault him for the way he does his work anyway. So no. I will say this about Joaquin Phoenix Joker. It might be probably interesting, at least. Yeah. It, at least it's... It's kind of, I mean, like, this is what I miss about superhero movies growing up in the 80s and 90s. It's like, they all felt different. Yeah, they like felt you, unique, like there was a creative passion behind it. Yeah, and there was also, like, themes and tones mm-hmm. that you could, like, really point at. It's like, when you watch Superman, Superman and Batman don't belong in the same universe. Absolutely not. They definitely don't look like something that could like, be paired easily. Which is why when they They're want not to... not even the same genre outside of, like, both having tights in them. Well, I mean, technically, this yeah, this it was the comic book movie before they called it the superhero genre, and like, I mean, Tim Burton was tasked to do the Superman reboot after the oh. failure of the Golden Globus one. Mm. And if you ever want to love kids, go look up uh, the pictures of the screen tests. No, oh, this is the it one with Nicolas Cage, right? We don't recall. know. No, it wouldn't. The late nineties. Sorry. This was the one with Nicolas Cage, right? This is the one with Nicolas Cage. The legendary picture that's been floating on the internet. If you can find the documentary, The Death of Superman Returns. Yes, that was, that's nice to watch. Yes. Okay, because there's actual footage of him doing screen tests and doing costume tests. Watching Nicolas Cage try to do his Clark Kent and Tim Burton just like, yeah, 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 that's how it it should be. Like, alright, I'm glad this movie didn't get made, kinda. (laughs) Yeah. As much as we want to watch it just for the sake of data, just to see. It's just kind of like Jodorowsky's Dune. It would have been interesting to see, but you're glad it doesn't exist. Yeah, it might it, have been terrible. It may taint no, the brand, you know. It would have been terrible. A six-hour movie cannot be good. It's literally impossible. Well, we're slowly pushing the limits on that. We just uh, allowed a three-hour movie to be played in cinemas. Hey, the longest oh, starring right. superheroes. <laughs> like, three and a half hours is the max I can allow, and that was for the extended Lord of the Rings version. <laughs> which I watched at home, which I could pause. I can top that. I watched the four-hour work print of Apocalypse now. That was. I've again, not seen that. That actually. scarred Holy me for a while. <laughs> when you saw all the scenes, hey. Uh, but uh, I mean, we can go on and on about Batman. But I mean, I thought that it'd be definitely you know thirty years. Uh, it's left its mark. It's mm-hmm. made history, and at the same time, its influence is still felt to this day. I mean, if it wasn't for Batman, we wouldn't have modern superhero movies you can give it to like Blade for being the first R-rated one you can give it to Iron Man for kickstarting the MCU but this is this is this is ground zero this yeah, is where it happened for sure. you know? this is where all your sequels all your mimicry films all started from I would say that and it's not just that it's the first movie that made uh, people uh, like pay attention to opening uh, box office releases no definitely yeah. This it's the first one to reach you know, 100 million in two weeks it's wow. the first one to let's Actors uh, ask for scale when it comes to being paid. That too, Jack Nicholson yeah. with his ridiculous demands. Which is why Danny Jr. got ninety-five million dollars for Endgame. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well done, Downey Jr. You don't have to do Iron Man ever again. Yeah. No, he is now making a robotics company to help solve global warming because he was Iron Man. That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. That totally makes sense. Help the planet. That's that's one way to. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking as the resident young fuck in the room, yes, still holds up. 
it's still an enjoyable it does. movie. It does. Yes, you can see the wires. Yes, it's funny when he can't turn his head. Yes, the the early graphics is kind of screwy. Still fun because of the acting and apart from the weird Knox character who I really didn't like, mm-hmm. everyone is pitch perfect. Even Bob. Yeah, Bob was fun to watch at the very least. <laughs> Bob, Bob getting killed was my favorite. Part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got Give shit a- done when he did, and then he got killed. Give oh. me a gun, <laughs> bang! Why? Because yeah. he's the Joker. Yes. <laughs> and then when he shoots, you fell the bat, for it. <laughs> like I mean, like I mean, in terms of cool moments, when the Batwing goes up into the sky and stops right at the moon, oh, and yeah. like you saw the the marketing right there, like God, yeah, damn, yeah, yeah. Followed movie. up with Joker pulling out his gun just to shoot that <laughs> damn plane down. This comic and it worked. Long. Yes. It's yeah. Like, when it's like it has to be on like a resting thing because yes. you can't hold it. <laughs> yeah. Or like that scene in the art gallery was basically him like vandalizing pictures. To, yep. To Prince. Yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> or the part where he puts on. You wouldn't have a guy with glasses on, would you? <laughs> <laughs> or like the scene where he's poisoning the people of Gotham. To Prince. Yes. <laughs> because sure, this movie is batshit insane. There you go. We've been working so hard to get that joke out of the way. There we go. Mm. And I think that's a perfect place to end this uh, retroactive. Yeah. There you go. So. Uh, happy birthday, Batman! Happy birthday, Batman. happy birthday, Batman! Nineteen eighty-nine. Yep, eighty-nine. We, I mean, man, I. If, if anything, last King fans, if you've never seen the movie, uh, I'm sorry if we spoiled some parts, but yeah, you had thirty for years. A thirty-year-old movie. But Spoiler this is the kind of movie Batman you gotta means? see from start to finish, even if you know how it ends, because again, yeah, you gotta great see origin this. story. You gotta see how the shots were done. See Tim Burton in his like early years, getting the Art Deco and getting this his him, yeah, style off right, getting, off, it right, right, getting you know? his style yeah. down. Yeah. And also, like, watch this movie and then reel back in familiarity when you realize, oh, a lot of movies rip this movie off, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. remember the final scene of Detective Pokemon? Yeah, it's also the final scene of Batman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they had the Except with better shit, effects. Yes. yes. <laughs> Although, I kind of prefer the way it ended here. It just, like, takes the balloons and they lift <laughs> off. <laughs> My balloons! <laughs> Jack Nicholson, I love you so much. Where does he get those wonderful toys? toys. Another quotable, of what course. The hell, how the hell does that thing on his hand work? It shoots two ropes and he flies forwards. Physics? No, no, wait. Coolest moment, hands down. Stop. And the car just stops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, son. And he just kind of looks down like, <laughs> when you see the Batmobile works and the Batplane works, it just looks gorgeous when it's in motion, you know? How much do you weigh? 108. It's like, fuck <laughs> yeah. off, no, you don't. <laughs> you lie, you're heavier. You're, you're, you're not 40 kilos. <laughs> How much do you weigh? He's like, you sure? Oh, man. Uh, Bob, you... I'm my number one. <laughs> I'm my number one. <laughs> and I. <laughs> yeah. That's a good. Uh, that's we can spend another half hour quoting this movie, but we need to stop it. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, to all the amazing producers. Thank you, everybody. And Michael B. Usman, right? Yeah. The guy who actually. Yeah, Mr. Usman. Yeah, thank Usman. you, you yes. crazy producer guy who watched. Who wanted this to happen. And who watched happened. the original Superman and said, I want a Batman movie now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Danny Elfman, for a really memorable theme as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lovely yeah. score. Also, thank you for, like, starting the trend of getting these weird former musicians to come out and make amazing scores. Yeah. Because thanks yep, to yep. him, I'm pretty sure we got Howard Shaw because Danny Elfman was picked for this movie. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And also, thank you to Batman for still being relevant, still being the Dark Knight, the protector of the innocent, uh, being the knight, being vengeance himself. And uh, 
Hey, Robert Pattinson, if you're listening to us, I'm sure you are. We're rooting for you, man. We're actually yeah. rooting for you. Yep, because, yep. you know what, anybody who dares put on tights and put on and puts on the cowl, like, you know, you have God's work to do. So Absolutely. You need but all the support. Motherfucker, if you He's going to work for it, that's for sure. One second, <laughs> yeah, I will burn your house down. <laughs> you got this, Robert Pattinson. He'll okay, do the work. We're rooting for you. Okay, but if you, if you fuck it up, we will find you. We will find you. <laughs> and we will kill you, sir. Sorry, wrong movie franchise. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. So, uh, this has been... Uh, <laughs> batch, I think. Uh, this has been uh, Mr. Toffee 66. Sure. Goofy as usual. <laughs> and this has been... Uh, except- Boy Wonder. <laughs> Boy Wonder except TikTok. <laughs> there we go. And tune in next week where we might... Nah, forget the sequels. Nah. Uh, Sorry, Joel Schumacher, you don't get your time to <laughs> No, fuck you, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> but we like Phone Booth. Good night. Good night.